Hey, Dog Days listeners. It's day 30 of the Dog Days of podcasting, Monday, August 30th, 2021. If you're looking for topics in endurance sports and are confused, maybe go to August 1st where I explain things. Holy crap, I've wanted to talk about one topic and I have to confess it's just been over my head. By that, I mean mostly the mathematical details, so that's why I've been putting it off, but I'm going to give it a try. There are extinct isotopes. It works like this, I think. When the solar system was formed 4.5 billion years ago, back when I was just a little baby, it was possibly the product of a nearby supernova, another star exploding, Or right about when the solar system formed by chance, another supernova happened nearby. I'm not sure. One thing I've never mentioned, I think, is where elements come from. Well, hydrogen and helium, the two lightest, pretty much come from the Big Bang itself. After the universe cooled enough for protons and neutrons and electrons to have low enough energy that they didn't just whiz by each other and thus they could start to bind together. But that's about it. Heavier elements didn't form easily for big bangy reasons. To get heavier elements to form, lighter elements must be subjected to extreme energies and pressures to undergo fusion, which is the opposite of fission. So inside stars, You can make elements up to iron, which is 26 protons. Why iron? I'm not 100% sure, but I do know that iron 56 is sometimes considered the most stable of all stable isotopes. Seems to be some disagreement between uh, iron 56 and nickel 62 in this regard, nickel having 28 protons. To make even heavier elements, you need even more extreme events, the aforementioned supernova, or maybe freaky stuff like merging neutron stars. Anyway, where was I going? Oh, extinct isotopes. There are some isotopes present today that seem to be daughter products of elements that were produced after the solar system formed, but which are now gone because their half-lives aren't long enough. So, for example, there is a famous meteorite, famous among meteoriteologists, found in Mexico. I think it landed in 1969, maybe. And it has a bunch of aluminum-26 in it, but there's almost no aluminum-26 on Earth, or maybe none at all. So why is there some... uh, in this meteorite because aluminum 26 seems to be produced out there in space probably from cosmic rays but the earth's atmosphere shields most cosmic rays enough that very little aluminum 26 is formed here yes some cosmic rays do get through and we've discussed that that's how carbon 14 is produced in in our atmosphere so So aluminum-26 is basically extinct here. Also, by looking at the decay products of aluminum-26, which is largely magnesium-26, in that meteorite, they can date the meteorite, which is pretty cool. There are a bunch of other extinct isotopes as well. Now, in that meteorite is the magnesium-26, as we said, which comes from extinct on Earth aluminum-26. 
but there's also magnesium 25 and 24 in both the meteorite and on Earth. 25 and 24 are both stable. By calculations I can't quite grasp, using the various ratios of magnesium 26, 25, and 24 in both the meteorite and on Earth, and doing similar calculations using other extinct isotopes, we can determine a number of important dates. For example, the aluminum-magnesium isotope system tells us that this meteorite formed within 10 million years of the formation of the solar system itself. Using a particular iodine-xenon isotope system, iodine-129 being the extinct isotope, it's calculated that the Earth formed within 100 million years of the formation of the solar system. Using a tungsten hafnium, hafnium isotope system, hafnium, hafnium 182 is extinct, it's calculated that the Earth's core separated from the mantle within about 80 million years of the formation of the Earth itself. I know this is really weak and it's probably got some mistakes, but it's the best I can do, and the point is they can gather, gather evidence for these dates using this idea of extinct isotopes. I could end there, but what makes this a little more interesting, and why I'm including it even though I don't totally get it, is that I found an article entitled, Extinct Isotopes and the Age of the Earth, written by Don B. DeYoung, Ph.D., Grace College, Lake uh, Winona Lake, Indiana. This was published in the Proceedings of the International Conference on Creationism back in 2008. Parts of this paper provide a good overview of things. This is the abstract. 24 extinct isotopes are presented for consideration from the recent creation worldview. These are radioactive isotopes which have decayed to abundances below the threshold of detection leaving measurable daughter products in the process. The isotopes have half-lives ranging from 100,000 to 100 million years, measured at today's decay rates. They are used in current naturalistic debates over solar system origin theories with little resolution of the problems. Three possible creationist explanations for the evidence of missing isotopes are discussed. Basic errors in our understanding of nuclear physics, an original mature creation of the extinct isotope daughter products, and accelerated nuclear decay in the past. There is an expectation of evidence in nature for this latter explanation. From the body of the paper, the topic of this paper is a particular group of, quote, missing isotopes, quote, those are his quotes, they are also called fossil, missing, primitive, or extinct isotopes that presumably existed in the past but are now absent. That is, their current abundances have fallen below the ability to detect them. How do we know that they were once present? The main evidence consists of excessive amounts of stable daughter isotopes found chiefly in meteorites. These daughters presumably, presumably result from the, the decay of earlier parent isotopes that are no longer present in nature. All right, that's kind of what I was saying above. Extinct isotopes previously have been recognized as a challenge to young Earth creation. 
This challenge awaits a response. A credible interpretation of extinct isotopes is needed in the worldview of a recent supernatural creation. Dr. DeYoung then points out, among the nitty-gritty details of extinct isotope research, some scientists disagree. No doubt. He then states, How can extinct isotopes be explained by young Earth creationists? That is, how can we avoid the conclusion that hundreds of millions of years necessarily passed while these, quote, short-lived, quote, isotopes were slowly extinguished? He does reject the first two ideas given in his abstract and then turns to the idea of, quote, accelerated nuclear decay, quote, in the past, he states, one interpretation of various geologic data is that during the year-long flood of Noah's day, nuclear decay was accelerated by the equivalent of hundreds of millions of years decay at today's measured rates. Data indicates that the Genesis flood event was a time of unprecedented rates of change in many variables, including tectonics, volcanism, precipitation, erosion, sedimentary deposition, fossilization, and in addition, nuclear decay. Finally, Dr. DeYoung asks, how did this shortening of half-lives take place? From a theological viewpoint, why did it occur? How were tremendous amounts of heat dissipated from such an acceler accelerated decay event? The questions await answers, along with further evidence for accelerated decay. I'll leave it at that. Talk to you tomorrow.